So uh, again, uh, from Habakkuk, we're going to be in the book of Habakkuk, and Brother Jim is in his opening today, uh, talked about prayer, and one of the things I wrote down, when prayer has a rightful place in our lives, we can see the Lord glorious, when prayer has a rightful place in our lives, and, and I was just wondering, what's our prayers been like over the last several weeks? What have we been praying for? How have we been praying? Has, has our prayer been perhaps just a simple single word of why? Why, Lord? Uh, uh, perhaps some of you, because of circumstances of life that is on your plate right now, the, the questions may be, well, Lord, why this? Why now? And, and, and perhaps as many of us are, are perhaps asking, how long? How long? Because none of us knows exactly how long this current global problem will play out, and both in regards to the virus itself or, or in regard to economic recovery of, of what's taking place. And, and I know uh, for some of you this hits really hard uh, with, with people not traveling, with people not getting out, with, uh, with those things. And for some, it's, it's caused... Uh, your hours to be cut back or uh, your income to be cut back. And so uh, perhaps there is questions that we may have in regard to many different things. And I, we don't know exactly how all this is going to come out. But this I do know, that God is faithful at all times and in all ways. Amen? And there, there's an old hymn that we've sung over and over again that's it. Uh, that says that, that we don't know about tomorrow. But one thing we do know, we know who holds tomorrow. We know who's in control, and it's our Lord. And so my prayer is that today uh, the word might be a reminder to trust God at all times. Even in the trial or tribulations of life, and perhaps I might have better said that, especially in the trials and tribulations of life. And throughout the years, you know that we have looked uh, at different times through the years at the book of Habakkuk uh, on several occasions. A lot of times after we sang the song that we did this morning, Blessed Be Your Name, I have quoted the last three verses of the book of Habakkuk many times after that song. And so we are familiar with it, but all oh, let's look to it and be reminded once again of what it has to say to us. So we're going to read just the first four verses of Habakkuk 1 to get started this morning. So Habakkuk 1, 1 through 4, and I'm reading from the New King James Version this morning. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw, O Lord, how long shall I cry and you not hear? Even cry out to you violence and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble, for plundering and violence are before me. There is strife, and, and contention arises. Therefore the law is powerless, and justice never goes forth, for the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore perverse judgment proceeds. Let's pray. Lord, uh, just that simple Puritan prayer, Lord, 
What we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. And who we are not, make us. For Christ's sake and in his name I pray. Amen. Amen. This account begins the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. The, the burden, uh, depending on what version you're, of scripture you were reading, the oracle. Uh, we could say the problem, the difficulty that the prophet Habakkuk saw. See, things in Habakkuk's time in the land of Judah were not looking very good. Uh, Judah had turned their back on the Lord and, and had fallen to false idols and to false gods. And here Habakkuk is saying that he sees violence, he sees iniquity, he sees trouble. Uh, the NASB re reads, you cause me to look on wickedness. The ESV says, you cause me to look at wrong, the, the wrongs that are going on around me. And what's he seeing? He's seeing destruction and violence. He's seeing strife and contentions. He's seeing justice is, is never upheld and, and wickedness surround the righteous. And when justice and judgment does proceed, it's perverse. It's perverted. And I could say, does it sound a little familiar? Does Habakkuk sound like possibly this could have been written yesterday? See, here's a man looking for answers. Here's a man that's crying out to God. See, we can relate to Habakkuk, can't we? I, I know I can. He sees all the evil and injustice happening around him. He doesn't understand why. He, he knows he needs to pray to God, and, and apparently Habakkuk has been for some time, and, and now he looks to God and he asks, Lord, how long? He's, he's saying, Lord, I've been praying and praying about this problem. It doesn't seem like you're answering. You're not answering, Lord. Do you not hear me, Lord? And perhaps he's even asking the questions that I know perhaps many of us have asked ourselves at different times of our lives. Lord, are you there? Lord, do you even care? So from Habakkuk's point of view, God's not answering. And I've been there. I've been there, and I believe probably you've been there too. You may, may have been crying out to the Lord saying, Lord, I'm, I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best to live for you. I've been praying about this problem. I've been praying about this situation. And, and Lord, you're not answering. Lord, I need answers. Much like Habakkuk. And Habakkuk, Starts to get his answer in verse 5. So let's look at verse 5. Look among the nations and watch. This is the Lord. Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded. For I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told you. And if we stopped right there, and if we didn't read the next verse, yeah, it would be... Uh, perhaps at this moment, <laughs> Habakkuk is thinking, well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes, Lord, do your work. Yes, Lord, astound me with your mighty works. And then he gets the rest of God's message. Verse 6, God is saying, For indeed I am raising up the Chaldeans, a bitter and hasty nation which marches through the breadth of the earth to possess dwelling places that are not theirs. Now I believe Habakkuk knew that something had to be done. And I believe he knew that God would have to do it. But I don't believe 
that he was prepared for how God was going to carry out his plan. See, God is going to use the enemy. God is going to use the Chaldeans to administer discipline to his people. And perhaps Habakkuk might have been thinking at this time, but, but God, that, that's not what I had in mind. Uh, God, Lord, I, I had a, a whole different scenario envisioned here. And, and have we done that very same thing? Again, I know I have. Lord, I, I've got this all figured out, and, and here's all I need you to do, God. I need you to just, just put your seal of approval on my request, the way I've got it all worked out, and, and I'm good. So, Lord, just grant my prayer, grant my request, and, and we'll just move on with life, and all will be good. <laughs> but you know what? Our solutions are not always God's solutions, are they? My ways are not God's ways, and neither are yours. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. <laughs> I believe God is saying to Habakkuk, Habakkuk, I've already been answering your prayers, but it's in ways that your simple mind can't even fathom, because Habakkuk, you're not seeing the big picture. And that's me so often, and I would venture to say it's probably you as well. None of us can see the big picture. We just see a, a portion. And if we aren't satisfied with the portion that we are seeing, then, then we get upset. Or, or perhaps we go to a, into a spiritual tailspin. But, but let me ask you this. Can we trust God? Yes. Yes, we can trust God. Can we begin to understand that his ways are higher than our ways? May we as children of God remain faithful, remain obedient, and trust God at all times through every circumstance of life, whatever it may be. To Habakkuk, God is saying the people of Judah are in for some discipline, and it will come at the hands of the Chaldeans. And we know that the Chaldeans were a fierce and ruthless and, and cruel people. No one had been able to stand against them. And, and I'm just going to let you read uh, about them. I'm not going to read it today. Uh, and perhaps of, of knowing all of this, because th this is the, uh, what would be known as the uh, Babylonian Empire. And his, history backs this all up. Uh, and Nebuchadnezzar was a big part of this. And, and so you can read the history of this. You can read much more of this. But perhaps when Habakkuk got this word, he's thinking, but God, that the Chaldeans are wicked and evil. Lord, how can you even look on them, let alone use them? You, you are holy God and they are unholy. Well, well, let me ask you this. Does God ever use wicked people to accomplish his work? Yes, he does. He does. Why? Why would he do such a thing? Well, we know from Romans 9, it's so that his power might be made known. And if it's been a while since you've read it, we'll read it together from Romans 9, verse 17 through 24. Romans 9, 
17 through 24. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, now, now think about that. Who's he talking to? The, the, the scripture is saying to Pharaoh, the one who was holding captive the children of God, and the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I have raised you up. What's he saying? He put Pharaoh in power. That's what he's saying. For this very purpose I have raised you up that I may show my power in you. A wicked and evil person, you see. For this very purpose I have raised you up that I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Therefore, he, the Lord, has mercy on whom he wills and whom he wills he hardens. You will say then, see, the, the, Paul knew the, what, the, what the question would be. Well, if that's the case, you will say then, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But indeed, O oh man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, Why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay for the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? What if God, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? prepared for this destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory in, on the vessels of mercy, which he had prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. You see, God will use sinful, wicked people for his plans and purposes Nothing and no one will thwart the hand of God to accomplish his purposes. God will use whatever means he deems necessary to accomplish his plans. Even wicked people? Yes. How about a virus? Will the Lord use a virus? I believe yes, even a virus. <laughs> now, some of some of you may be thinking right now, oh, the preacher just said that God sent the virus. No, that's not what I said. So now listen, that's not what I said. I didn't say that God caused or sent this virus, but I will say this, that God has allowed this virus to be and to do all that it has done and will do. Because nothing happens upon the face of this planet unless Almighty God, who controls all things, has allowed it. And I hope you can say amen to that. Why does God work in the way he does? Why does God allow the things that he does? We don't know the, the mind of God. But remember this, what, what did we, re we read? His ways are higher than our ways. But, but, but preacher, I, I don't understand why things are happening the way they are. <laughs> well, you're, you're in good company because neither did Habakkuk. Habakkuk didn't understand what was going on, and, and he has more questions for God. So let's drop down to verses 12 and 13. Habakkuk 1, 12 and 13. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die, O Lord. You have appointed them for judgment. O Rock, you have marked them for correction. 
You are of purer eyes than to behold evil and cannot look on wickedness. Why do you look on those who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he? Did you see the question he has? Well, how can you do that? Have the Chaldeans, they're wicked. How can you even look on them? How can, how can you look on these who deal treacherously and hold your tongue when, he, when the wicked devours a person more righteous than he? Now, have you ever said something like that? Lord, how can you let these people say and do such things? God, why? I've asked that question. I've asked that question over the last several weeks when I turn on the news and I see such garbage going on. But I know this, that God is in control. And, and He is allowing things to happen for His plans and purposes. I may not understand, you may not understand, but oh, may we trust the Lord in the midst of all of it. So here's Habakkuk, and he's saying, Lord, how, how can you let these people do these things to us. Then it seems that in, in chapter 2, if you go to chapter 2, verse 1, that Habakkuk comes to a point of surrender, it, it, it seems to me. Habakkuk 2, verse 1. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. And what I will answer when I am corrected. So what's Habakkuk saying? Lord, I don't understand what you're doing, but I'll, I'll stand my watch. I'll, I'll continue to look to you. I'll watch and wait to see what you're going to do, O oh Lord. I'll watch and wait for the answer. I, I know that my thinking has been a little misdirected and I need corrected. And, and I know I need to trust you. So Lord, I, I'll trust you. I'll, I'll wait I'll set my watch. I'll stand my watch. You see, if we're facing a problem and we don't know what to do and we don't understand what direction God is leading, we don't know whether to do this, we don't know what, do this one thing. Stand your watch. In other words, keep looking to the Lord. Keep praying and keep seeking Him and then watch and wait. Watch and wait. Let, let's read. Let's read. Anytime we talk about waiting on the Lord, I, I always go to Isaiah 40. Let's read it this morning. Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. Have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. <laughs> there, there's a, there's a good thing to remember right there. Those times when I'm weak, oh, He will give power when I'm not looking at myself, but I'm looking to Him. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths shall fail and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Oh, that, that's a passage that we all need to look to, uh, continually look to. 
Because the Lord, it's the Lord who will give us strength in times when we may grow weary. And that he will raise us up in due time. He will lift us up that we may walk with him, that we may trust him more. And then God speaks to Habakkuk again. Uh, chapter 2, if we look at verse 2, uh, verse uh, 2 through 4, we're going to read. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. <laughs> now let me pause there for a minute. Don't you like that? Habakkuk, write it down. These words that I speak are not just for you, but for all who would read them. And look, here we are some 2,600 years or so later reading the words of God that Habakkuk wrote down, told by God to write down. And here we are reading that very word. That's amazing to me that God preserved his word throughout the years and throughout the ages, that we may have it, that we may look to it, that we may learn from it. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who hears it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. See, God is saying, wait on me. The answer's on the way. It will come at the appointed time. Trust me. Have faith. Let the just live by faith. <laughs> Live by faith. The, the message of faith is repeated over and over throughout the New Testament, the book of Romans, Galatians, Hebrews. I've talked about it over the past several weeks. Have faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Contend for faith. That we, children of God, that we would live by faith. In other words, that we would simply believe what he says, that we would trust what he says. Believe and trust what he has said in his word. Uh, Proverbs 3, that we read so often that you have probably committed to memory. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. All oh, that we would trust him, that we would trust him, that we would not be anxious, we would not worry, we would not get an ulcer from worry as we're trusting the Lord and looking to him. I believe that's what it means, what it says. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. That, that we'll be able to lie down at night, put our head on the pillow, and sleep like a baby. Because we know that God is in control. Trust the Lord. Live by faith. Romans 1, verses 16 through 17. Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for all who believes. 
for the Jew first and also the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Oh, and we know that that faith is a gift from God, that one day he opened our eyes to truth. He granted us faith that we might believe and turn to him and follow him. Oh, the child of God, that we would live by faith. God tells Habakkuk to trust him, to live by faith. And then God continues to speak to Habakkuk in the remainder of chapter 2, telling of the five woes that will come to the proud, the ones who live according to their own wisdom and mind and not listen to God. And We're, we're not going to read all of that this morning. Again, there's your homework. You can read uh, the book of Habakkuk on your own. But what I believe God is telling Habakkuk is, Habakkuk, don't worry about the Chaldeans. I, I'll deal with them in due time. They, they will get their just reward. Uh, I'll take care of them, but just, just trust me that I know what I'm doing and that they are coming for my purposes, you see. Then, then God ends by saying this in Habakkuk uh, 2, if we drop down to verse 20, 2, verse 20. But the Lord is in his holy temple. <laughs> Let all the earth keep silence before him. What is God saying? He's saying, I'm still on the throne. Listen to me. Keep silent for a moment and just listen, God is saying. Have faith. Trust me. Be still. Be silent. Be still and know that I am God. There are people today who are saying, where's God in the midst of this global pan pandemic? You know, people ask that question on 9-11 when those planes hit those twin towers. Those of you that are old enough to remember that. People were crying out, well, where was God when this happened? And people ask that same question when some tragedy happens in their lives. Well, where's God? Well, he's where he's always been. He's on his throne. He is in control and he is working all things together for good to those who love him, to those who are called the called according to his purposes. You know, people are asking even now, well, where's God? Well, he's on his throne. He's on his throne. Then in chapter 3, a, a change takes place in Habakkuk. It, it seems that, that he begins to understand that he, he prays this prayer. And it's actually a song um, that the end of this will say to the chief musician with my stringed instruments. Uh, from what I understand, this was a song that was sung throughout the years and throughout the ages uh, to the children of God. And let's read verse 2. O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, Revive your work in the, in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. Now it seems that Habakkuk comes to the same thoughts that the prophet Isaiah came to when he wrote Isaiah 6, the first five verses. Let's go and read it. Because here, here's, here's where the prophet Isaiah was. Isaiah 6, verse five verses. 
In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it were seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of, the, of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So it seems that Habakkuk has come to this point as Isaiah did. So he stands now humbly before the Lord, trusting the Lord. And let me ask you this. What has changed for Habakkuk? What has changed? Has his circumstances changed? No. The, the, the Chaldeans are still coming. The, his circumstance hasn't changed, but what did change? His attitude. His focus. That's what changed. He's a, the, the first two chapters, he was focused on himself, focused on his circumstance, focused on the Chaldeans, focused on God not doing what Habakkuk thought God should do. But then in chapter 3, his focus is upon Almighty God. God, do what you are going to do, but please God, in wrath, in the midst of discipline toward the nation, remember mercy, Lord, have mercy. In the beginning, Habakkuk was saying, God, do something. And now he's saying, oh God, in the midst of what you're doing, remember mercy. So it seems that now Habakkuk surrenders to God's will. And in the next 13 verses, Habakkuk remembers what God has done in the past, remembering the facts of history, remembering that in each event in dealing with nature and nations that the Lord was faithful. And again, we're not going to read all that. We'll let you read that. But but. Here's what it means for me, and I believe means for you. We need to do the same thing. Remember what the Lord has done in our past. Remember the times that he has been faithful and true. And, and he will never fail us. In the last three verses that I read very often, a part of that great prayer of faith and trust in God, verses 17 through 19, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high heels to the chief musician with the stringed instruments. So today, a prayer like that, you know, for us today, for us even right now in this moment of time that we are facing, perhaps the prayer might be for us, Lord, though the 
financial markets collapse and my money is gone, though a virus may claim some of my family and friends, though there be food shortages, and though perhaps it may come at a time when we may have to stand in a long line for a morsel of bread, yet, yet, Lord, I will trust you. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Oh, the, that we would have that much faith that our focus would remain on the Lord and not solely on our circumstances. Though everything may be falling apart around us, trying times with a multitude of problems and concerns that, that we might say in the midst of it all, Oh, God, I trust you. God, my salvation, my Savior. I'll listen, uh, Psalms 25, verse 3 and 4. Psalms 25, 3 and 4. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. That's a glorious verse right there, isn't it? Psalms 25, 4 and 5. How about the Lord our strength, the Lord God our strength, Isaiah 41, verse 10. Isaiah 41, verse 10, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So we have God our salvation, our Savior. God our strength. How about God our enabler that, that Habakkuk just talked about? He will make me walk on my high hills. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things that he is calling me to do, all things that are according to his will in my life, I can do those things, not of my own strength and my own power, but as I trust him and walk in his strength. So may we resolve. May we have a purpose of heart to trust God and not despair to rejoice in the Lord, to rejoice in the God of our salvation and trust His Word. I, I had that song, The Lord is My Salvation, and I thought maybe we could do just one of the verses. One of the verses spoke, really was speaking to me. Let's see if I can get a, get a key here. Who is like the Lord our God? Strong to save, faithful in love. My debt is paid and the victory won. The Lord is my salvation. In times of waiting, times of need. When I know loss, when I am weak. I know His grace will renew these days. The Lord is my salvation. Who is like the Lord our God, strong to save, faithful in love? My debt is paid and the victory won. 
The Lord is my salvation. Glory be to God the Father. Glory be to God the Son. Glory be to God the Spirit. The Lord is our salvation. Glory be to God the Father. Glory be to God the Son. Glory be to God the Spirit. The Lord is our salvation. Who is like the Lord our God, strong to save, faithful in love? My debt is paid and the victory won. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is my salvation. Oh, to trust the Lord, to trust the God of our salvation. And I might ask this question this morning. Can you sing that song and mean it? Is the Lord the light of your salvation? Is the Lord your Savior? Have you ever called upon Him? Have you ever received Christ? Have you believed on Him? And if not, call upon Him. Romans 10, I read so often, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And again, as I say so often, saved from what? Save from the wrath of God that will one day fall upon all unbelievers. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So may we all trust the Lord with our all of our heart, with all our minds, with all our soul and strength. Let's pray once again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your word. And I pray, Lord, that it will be encouragement for us all to help us, help me, Lord, to look not just to the circumstances of life, but look beyond them, to look to the hills, to look what is uh, 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 that was told, to look to the army of the Lord that is above. Lord, help me to look to you. Help us all to have faith to look to you and trust you more. Then, Lord, should there be one who is, who is listening to this sermon today that does not know you, our Father, have mercy. Open their eyes that may, they may see the truth of who you are and that they would see their sinful condition. Lord, that you would grant them faith to believe, that you would grant them repentance and mercy, that they might call upon you, repenting of sin, turning from their sin, and following you as Lord and Savior. So, Father, just direct our hearts and minds throughout the days ahead, and it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen.